New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, church family. We are so blessed that you are joining us on this journey through Exodus. My name is Marilyn Mitchell, and I'm over the women's ministry at our Buchanan campus, and it's such an honor to dig into God's Word with you today. Uh, for today's selection, I'm going to be reading Exodus 7, 1 through 14 from the ESV version. And we know that from the verses leading up to today's selection that God promised deliverance to the Israelites. And even though God had just given all the mighty reminders of who he was, and then even a genealogical reminder of who they were, his chosen people, Moses has posed this question again in chapter six, how will Pharaoh listen to me? So we pick up now in chapter seven, verse one. And the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and your brother Aaron shall tell Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go out of his land. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and though I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring my hosts, my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring out the people of Israel from among them. Moses and Aaron did so. They did just as the Lord commanded them. Now Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 years old when they spoke to Pharaoh. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, prove yourselves by working a miracle, then you shall say to Aaron, take your staff, cast it down before Pharaoh that it may become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron cast down his staff before Pharaoh and his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers, and they, the magicians of Egypt, also did the same by their secret arts. For each man cast down his staff, and they became serpents." But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Still, Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen to them as the Lord had said. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refuses to let the people go. Wow, there is so much packed into these 14 verses um, and several things I don't want us to miss. How amazing is the mercy of God that even when Moses continues to make excuses for his speech and for potentially the doomed outcome, God does not chastise or rebuke Moses right here for these feelings. Surely God was exasperated by this seemingly unwilling servant, but patiently and lovingly, God speaks truth into and over Moses, including the hard truth that no, Pharaoh won't actually listen, just as Moses fears. He also reminds Moses that Moses won't even have to do the speaking. Aaron, acting as the prophet, will do the speaking for him. And this is an interesting point right out of the gate in the verses that we read in verses 1 and 2. It's, it talks about how Moses was going to be like God in that, like God, he had a prophet, his brother Aaron. And so just as Moses was never to act on his own initiative, but always to wait on the direction from God, so too Aaron was not to act on his own initiative, but was only to wait for words from God through Moses. So that's an interesting um, display in my mind of just the loving kindness 
of God towards Moses. He understood the concerns of Moses' heart, and rather than berating him for them, he just continually reminded him what is true. Um, and I think that's such a good reminder for all of us as well, that when the rest of the world is speaking, when our fears are speaking louder, we have to let the truth of God speak louder than all of that. I was also struck by the mention of both Moses and Aaron's age in this passage. We know that out of the only 66 books of God's inspired word, not a single word is wasted. And because of that, it's such an encouragement to me that the last half or last quarter even of our lives hold just as much promise and possibility to be sold out servants of Christ as the first half does. We can be just as mightily used by God as octogenarians as we are in our teen, young adult, or midlife years. Don't miss this. God put that in this word for a reason. Even into their 80s, into our 80s, we are to be seeking and following the voice of God. And, you know, again, in the truthfulness of a loving God, that walk is not always going to be easy. We don't have a promise of easy, but we do have the promise that he will be there and he will be guiding our steps as we trust in him. Next, from these verses, I don't want to miss how bizarre and miraculous this display was. Aaron cast down his staff and it became a snake. I'm, I'm always just kind of curious if even Moses and Aaron were surprised or if their faith was so great that they absolutely just knew that that was going to be the outcome. I would have loved to see in their faces. Um, but interestingly, I, more so, I would like to have seen their faces when the dark magicians of Egypt also were able to cast down their staffs and each also became a serpent. So just in case you're about to say, well, that backfired, Aaron's staff serpent swallowed up theirs. But in spite of this spectacular, spectacular display, Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he would not listen to them just as the Lord had said. So wait, at the very end of chapter six, Moses says, how will Pharaoh listen to me? And in chapter seven, 13, and even some of the verses prior, it says that the Lord himself acknowledges that Pharaoh will not listen to them. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been caught in this juxtaposition of feeling like you clearly understand something that God is calling you to do, but just as clearly you feel that it is a certain doom that you are being set up to fail? Um, it's That is a very difficult and interesting um, reality to a certain degree that we see in these passages. Um, here the Lord is telling them exactly what to do and then also telling them exactly what to expect when by human standards, by our mind, we're going to naturally say, well, that's a failure. You're asking me to do something that you're already telling me is not going to achieve a desired outcome. Well, this is where we have to back up and understand that God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so sometimes we are going to have to learn to reevaluate our opinion of what is failure and what is success. Because in God's eyes, he is working all things together for good for those who love him and for his glory. We can trust that. So even when it looks like we're being asked to do something that will certainly end in failure, if he is in it, he will see us through it and he will see us beyond it and we will see him glorified in it. And so that's such a good promise that um, we just cannot rely on our own understanding we have to rely on the one who is above all and in all and over all, um, and that is our holy God. So I thank you so much for taking time to go through these verses with me today, and I pray that the Lord will um, just let these words take root in your heart. And, and as a takeaway for all of us today, um, I just really pray that as you go throughout the rest of this week that you consider, A, 
if you're allowing God to use you at whatever age, if you're understanding that it doesn't matter if you're 10 or 12 or 15 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or 80, that God has a plan and wants to use those who are sold out for him. I want you to consider that. Are you living as someone whose best days are behind them or whose best days are in front of them? Um, I want you to challenge that thinking um, in these verses. Secondly, I want you to say, if, if the Lord himself gave you a task and also let you know that that task was not going to end as you desired, how would you accept that? How would you consider that? I hope that after reading these verses, we can all say that while we may not understand and while we may be concerned, that we could move forward. And I just think that is so precious how in that verse six, it says, Moses and Aaron did so. They did just as the Lord commanded them. So in spite of their fear, in spite of knowing it was not going to have an outcome that they most likely desired, they did it. And they did it just as the Lord told them to do it. And so that's my challenge to you and to me and to all of us this week is that we do exactly what God calls us to do without fear, without um, shame, without questioning, because his ways are better than our ways. And he loves us and desires only our good and his glory. So be blessed this week. Let me just say a quick prayer over each of you, Lord. You know each and every person that's listening to this today. Um, Lord, you know the situations that they are facing, the people that they are interacting with, and Lord, just the depth of the various um, challenges that each may be facing. And Lord, we can rest in you because you know us. We are known. We are seen. We are heard. Lord, nothing escapes your sight or your grasps, and your arms are not too short to save. So, Lord, I pray that whoever is out there today that may be doubting, that may be feeling like their best days are behind them, or gosh, they sure hope they're ahead of them. But, Lord, I pray whatever situation they're in, that you will renew in them the mighty power of your Spirit and refresh in them a desire to do what you say, because we know that we know that we know that it will be for our good and for your glory. In your holy name, Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.